0: Another episode of the Slow Talk Podcast. Uh, James Davis here, where we shine the spotlight on culture, commerce, and community, and also interesting people. In the studio today, our guest is James Gallardo. James, welcome in, man. James, it's such a pleasure to be here, man. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you've done so many things uh, in the county on your musical journey. Uh, Gosh, where do we start, man? I think you know. I think where I want to start is this crazy trio thing that you've been doing lately—the uh, Sunnyside Trio.
1: Oh, great! Yeah, I was going to say you might have to be a little specific in which trio, because there's a there's a couple, man, going on right now. That's fun. That, more that than I've one got. trio. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's been a real blessing, man. Even to uh, to be a part of just so many groups and projects at this point, but also you know uh, coming out of you know the pandemic. Um, Having just uh, uh just a a really great response from 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 people and and like minded individuals in the community and just music lovers music enthusiasts and just people from the arts really stepping up again and supporting um you know what i mean those those individual uh contractors or or uh freelance you know artists um you know like myself but uh again back to the trio yeah um the sunnyside trio is a really niche sort of group that came together kind of hap- happenstantially. i actually met um one of the one of the gentlemen one of the gentlemen the two gentlemen in the trio um about 5 years ago but it was difficult for me to actually converse with him because mm-hmm. uh he was a little bit um under the influence so to speak. Um, interestingly enough, that five years later, I, I meet him again in, in sort of a, a musical situation where I'm uh, on call to play a gig outside of Scout Coffee with this gal named Deborah Gilmore. And uh, she's this uh, elderly black lady, um, part of the community here in SLO, um, but she's homeless, and so I ended up doing this gig sort of out of the kindness of my, you know, talents and, and hum, you know, you, you human, know what's crazy. humanism.
0: You know, it's crazy that was right during the shelter in place. Exactly, And yeah. I remember that afternoon, and Eileen and I, my wife and I, were there to see that. I did not realize this the first time or the first time in five years that you had had an opportunity to, to see Tony.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, wow. not 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 just to see him, but to actually talk to him again face yeah. to face, yeah. and have a um, a cohesive conversation. You know that that made sense. So, um, eventually, uh, we we were talking, and he was like, "Hey, you know, I I play on the street, and yeah. and and uh, for for those who are listening right now, his this this gentleman is named Tony Street. Um, really love the guy. He's he's such an excellent." Well, that's his stage name, Tony Street. I can't, I can't tell you his real name because that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be appropriate. Well, enough. for
0: those listening, let, let's let's uh, let's back way up. Like, we brought James and talking about what he's doing, but for people just tuning in or people that don't know James, some of the people listening to this Slow Talk podcast know James Garda well. He's wearing a lot of hats and still does, but for people that don't know, James actually has a formal education in music, uh, both degrees from Cuesta Community College and Cal Poly University here in San Luis Obispo. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to have gone to both, um, having sort of been raised here too hmm. I wasn't really born in this this county but I'm definitely a local I mean I've been here for over 20 years so so you do like the New York Yankees and that may say something about where you came from that's that is true <laughs> that is true yeah 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 you you did you did do the research right man that's right no, you know just, but, which is no, which is funny because I, I heard you I heard you're a Giants fan man because and they used to be a giant they used to be a New York team I didn't do the I didn't do the research. I just see you wear the Yankees cap occasionally. and You said <laughs> okay. don't
0: call when they lose, but yeah, I wear the Giants cap <laughs> proudly, man. I was born and raised in yeah
1: they're Cyprus having a, they're system. having a good they're having a good season yeah, this year, man. man. So I'm excited yeah. excited for them. Yeah, um, yeah it's uh, it's been fun just having the opportunity again just to be a part of just a lot of different communities here, not just in you know SLO County, but also in Paso Robles and down in Um, down in South County, in Santa Maria, too. Um,
0: Different gigs, different Yeah, different
1: things. Yeah, I've done some musical theater work, too, down, you know, in in, in Orchid, Solvang, and... James, um, that's at what, the, that, you,
0: you and... say that lightly. You know some musical theater work, but I happen to know <laughs> through a little note research that that was the, I think, the Million Dollar Quartet, right?
1: Oh, That's absolutely right, man. Yeah. That, yeah. Was,
0: uh, that was an, that show came up to the little theater here in San Luis Obispo. The um, what's the updated name for our theater in San Luis? Obispo? Uh, we're
1: called the slow. Well, they're called the Slow Repertory Theater now. That's
0: it. That's it.
1: The Slow Repertory
0: Theater. And then that show played down in Orchid as part of the PCPA. And uh, my gosh, the Million Dollar cornet uh, Quartet. cornet man. That's funny. <laughs> the Million Dollar Clarinet. No. Hey, the Million Dollar yeah, Quartet, yeah, man. Yeah. That was, uh, oh my gosh, man. So you've had, how did, now, how, somebody listening that's like into music and they're playing, doing a few gigs, that's what you did at one time. Now, you yeah, I mean you're involved with multiple bands and also you've had some opportunity things worked out where you got asked to be involved in a production where you do multiple gigs during the week at different locations, right?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so for example that the Sunny the Sunnyside trio that we, we talked about in the beginning, you know, I had I had met Tony um, you know, happenstantially again five mm-hmm. years later. Mm -hmm. And then I I went, we met the third guy, Mike, Um, and Mike's from from Illinois, Mike Butler, um, very talented singer and guitarist. And, um, you know, that group, we were able to sort of get a really nice, well-mannered set list that sort of like we all, each one of us has our own little spotlight during the song or other songs. And that just really helps engage a lot of like the audience. So we, when we when we first started playing together um, in December of 2020, um, we you know sort of developed a really nice like kinship where we could just kind of fill the room and fill the energy mm. with the music because we were outside. So we we're having to yeah. to be more active and yeah. do things, and therefore you know we that sort of. Like accumulated into what is now like you know a couple gigs you know a week sometimes for us you know we'll we'll play you know casually in a G we'll do a, a a brewery we'll do a a restaurant gig we'll do brunch we'll do uh, maybe a winery um, so we're it's so it's nice to have like you know and again we're sort of a I don't know if I've mentioned this to the listeners but we're sort of like a like a kind of a soul fusion New Orleans type of Type of trio. I was going to
0: say, let's uh, um, let's include some clips. Sort of uh, roots, yeah, roots. In fact, let's know.
1: break away right
0: now to a clip of the Sunnyside Trio. We'll include that in this podcast. A little live clip of you guys covering a song.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Right on, James. <laughs>
0: Support for the Slow Talk podcast is brought to you by our friends at Big Sky Cafe San Luis Obispo, where they depend on local farmers, ranchers, vintners, and San Luis Obispo County brewmasters to help them create their real food by real people. This commitment to fresh market fare and a season-inspired menu has made Big Sky Cafe a downtown locals a favorite. Sky Cafe online at BigSkyCafe.com and visit them today at 1121 Broad Street, San Luis Obispo, and tell them Slow Talk Central. Tony Rose, James Gallardo, and Mike Butler. Um, Of course, James, you play stand-up bass, and then of course Tony plays...
1: uh, Uh, He plays the uh, alto saxophone and the cajon. Yeah. As well as a various um, other percussion instruments that he has either on his feet or in his hands. Um, and then we also have Mike Butler on lead vocals and guitar acoustic, as well. and, acoustic electric and electric. Acoustic and electric, yeah. And yeah. then we can't forget the, the fourth member of the band. Uh, Cosmo. That's the, the dog. dog. Yeah. Yeah. And what does the dog play? Anything he wants to? You know, he, <laughs> he occasionally will sing with Tony when he hits those upper register notes, really? you know, on the sax. Really? Yeah. He'll start. Woof,
0: woof, 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 oh, oh woof. he'll fill in. Yeah.
1: He'll, he'll fill in some so of the harmony. So do you guys yeah. get
0: paid for like an extra member and stuff? Is that
1: problem? Um, He'll, he'll get, he'll get some <laughs> snacks, man. I mean, we can't, we're, we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna leave him hanging, you know?
0: So one of the things, James, you know, looking at your training, um, in jazz studies at Cuesta college, Cal Poly, and then, you know, playing in different groups. It looks, uh, not just looks, it's quite eclectic. What's it like in your shoes playing, you know, some funk rock, uh, R and B classic, uh, how do you shift gears between those kinds of music? And is there any ones of those music that you prefer over others, man?
1: Wow. Well, um, yeah, I would say, I guess I had to, would have to answer that in sort of uh, chunks, you know what I mean? So
0: It's a long question.
1: It's kind of a long question. I, I mean, it, it sort of ties into what I'm still doing, you know, what I'm doing now currently, too, because I have also other trios. Mm. Um, for example, I have another, like, uh, um, I play with a, a wonderful vibraphone player. His name's Tom Brown. Um, he's actually uh, an artist, actually, uh, through Marimba One, actually. He just got signed. But uh, yeah, I play with him and this this gentleman named Daryl Voss. Um, and Daryl Voss is, I would say, if not, probably the best drummer here on the Central Coast for hire. Uh, he also teaches at Questa College as an applied instructor, and he's been mm-hmm. just around this county since 1990, oh, wow. um, the year I was born. <laughs> so he's, you know, he's not only a, a, a an old soul, but also a a young, young at heart too. And, uh, see most listeners thought you were 20, 22, 25. Now see,
0: most listeners thought you were 20, 22, 25. So (laughs) here you are giving away, you know, the year. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm giving myself away. I'm dating myself. Daryl Voss is the old guy, but yeah, you know, it's, um, it's cool because, you know, we're, we're called the slow vibes trio. Mm. And, uh, it's nice because, you know, we have the name slow in the title So it's like it's automatically a a nice branding point where it's, you know, not only is it musically satisfying, but it's also just very like kind of, dare I say, unique like experience, you know, because you don't really see a vibraphone very much like at all. Uh, You know, that's amazing. And for our listeners, let's feature some of that
0: music of the Slow Vibes Trio. This episode of the Slow Talk Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Dining for Charities. Featuring half-off dining at some of the Central Coast's best restaurants, with proceeds benefiting local Central Coast charitable organizations. Purchase restaurant and partner certificates for up to 50% off at diningforcharities.com. And local Slow County charities like Wood Germain Society of San Luis Obispo receive 15% of all certificate sales for that month. Check out Dining for Charities at diningforcharities.com to purchase your certificates today and save money and help local charities. Hey, thanks a lot for that, James. That's pretty cool, man. So that's another another one of the musical representations that you're involved with, and like you said, the vibraphone, you just don't hear that a lot. And yet, the Slow Vibes Trio has gotten some really good gigs. Uh, in fact, I was out at Slow Brew. I believe the trio opened up for the Supernova Group with uh, Scott Martin. Oh,
1: that's right. And yeah, Kay- and Kenny Lewis. Is- yeah. 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 Wow. yeah. Uh- wow that's so cool yeah no it was that was that was really that was really cool i in fact i uh unfortunately i couldn't even actually be in attendance for that for that i had to actually get a sub so unfortunately i wasn't there but i heard it was a great show yeah, and man. uh i heard the band popped off too so the whole experience at uh Slober rock i mean they're doing a great job over there i mean ryan or oh, and everybody yeah. sound guys um you yeah. know t- hats off to them you know they're doing excellent work over
0: there and it was really cool to see the block party brings you know music back kind of like a launch
1: you know oh yeah yeah and, and, and for our music. listeners you know that's they did a summer block party uh was it two weeks ago I think? two weeks ago yeah oh, Yeah, they did for father's yeah. day father's day weekend that's right so they had music from friday saturday sunday
0: oh yeah and events family events. yeah events they a... had i heard they had axe throwing too I, I heard
1: that and i saw the trailer where they were
0: throwing those axes yeah man Put down the IPAs. This might be
1: dangerous.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, but um, yeah, to sort of, uh, you know, I don't know if I have like a exactly like a favorite music to play. I just, I sort of just like playing great music, Mm. you know, regardless of sort of what the playing great music, what the timbre, you know, sort of sounds like. Yeah. But just, you know, having some music with some heart and emotion and attention, maybe
0: and I you guess. do that both with the upright bass and also the Yeah, electric
1: with the electric bass, bass too. Yeah. So I have, you know, I have I even play with like a world fusion trio with Tracy Morgan and Timo Beckwith. We're called the Sand River Trio. Yeah. And that's really fun cuz I get to play six-string bass and do a little bit of, you know, background singing and and we we get into a more um sort of African tribal uh world uh, music vibe uh yeah like uh just the yeah the style yeah. you know or the genre you just you would call it but yeah it's just so cool to actually have that opportunity because i i never really grew up listening to afro world music yeah. you know um so now i'm coming you know having gone through the educational academic versus the sort of the the non-academic too I've i've done a little a fair amount of both actually and, and now uh, you're getting some experiential yeah so it's like i can jump into the world trio huh. um you know with 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 the sand river guys yeah. and then i can do a you know a, a slow vibes sunny side trio mm-hmm. or you know jim barnett trio um which is also with daryl voss and we ended up meeting over at a place called amsterdam <laughs> Oh, in, yeah. uh, in Paso Robles yeah. and uh, that's a whole other story that we'll we'll probably divulge into but um, for those listening too Jim Barnett I mean he's a 72 year old pianist uh, he's been on the Royal Caribbean cruise line for I don't know how many almost 15 years now mm. and uh, he also played with uh, Johnny Mathis for about seven years and then he did some stuff with Harry Mancini too and, and he's just He's been all over the world and just traveled and played. So he's he's just a, a, a seasoned, real. He's like the one of the better piano players I've played wow. with. You know, um, like and he a, and he just so happens to live in the same. He just Coast. so happens to live in AG right now. Yeah. in Rio Grande. And, so and it's, James, it's, it's a so cool. And James, there's a cool story. Man.
0: You've been able to um, let, let's talk about that for a minute because I, you know, I've been up to Amsterdam yeah. Piano Bar, a coffee lounge and piano bar there in Paso Robles, Thirteenth Street. Uh, Corey and Kate, and uh, my gosh. Um, They've been able to draw some world-class music on a regular basis, two or three, four nights a week. And I mean, to your credit, you were called upon to help put that together and in six months, um, that is a vibrant part of the Central Coast North County music scene.
1: Yeah, thank you, James. I appreciate you saying that. Um, yeah, you know in fact that's sort of um, sort of the culmination of the pandemic sort of working through that part of my um career as well i would say like yeah i I thank you james for saying that i i really appreciate you um mentioning corey and kate too of amsterdam you know i love those guys they're 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 really great friends of mine and, and also just great great people um and great supporters of just music in general um i i actually met them Sort of indirectly first through um, this man named Tyler Tedeschi, who I went to uh, Cuesta with. And we ended up sort of beating each other happenstantially in the Cuesta scene. Yeah. And uh, ended up sort of working together on this this demo project with um, uh, with Dallin Weeks. He's the... Dallin, Dallin Weeks, for our listeners, he's um, the bass player for Panic at the Disco. And so he was developing sort of his own solo project. I think my my good friend Shane
0: Moley, I want to give a plug out to somebody that knows music really well up in the Bay Area. Shane Moley would know Panic at the Disco and this whole story, man. So you got connected to Tyler through this project and then uh, fast forward to what, last year about this time?
1: Yeah, I got, well, that, and that was almost, when I worked with Tyler and met him for the first time, that was almost eight years ago, nine years ago. So fast forward, he found out that I was playing during the pandemic because I was doing just doing a, a couple private gigs and a couple winery gigs that were still um, allowed to have uh, music still actually, um, which was which was great. Um, and you know, especially because it was outdoors and it just it made it was fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah uh the project actually actually is called i don't know how but they found me that's the band name um and they're on spotify they have a, they have an album that's right hilarious. now that's
0: hilarious but
1: yeah the the there's a track on there um that i helped sort of produce i think it's called um from the gallows mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. that album came out in in 2020 actually um during the pandemic which is interesting mm-hmm but um yeah he he turned me on uh tyler Tedetsky. he turned me on to his friend corey jordan um mm-hmm. who is the co-owner of, of amsterdam uh mm-hmm. coffee bar and piano lounge in paso robles california and uh, kate smith is also the co-owner of that and um they've been together for for 10 years as a couple and they've started amsterdam in july actually um of 2020 so this next month will be their wow. their anniversary as well as one year. Wow! And they're actually um, I'm so happy for them. And they they're actually expanding Amsterdam. They're actually uh, moving part of the music entertainment across the street to um, basically next to Fitch Fish Scout Show. They just you know, announced this, you know, right? Yeah, they, they just, just announced it. Yeah. It's just public now. It's um it's called the Libretto. Wow! And um, it's a it's a spot that used to be uh, called Cantinas, um, and it's sort of a speakeasy lounge downstairs, and it's a sort of a members only thing now. Uh-huh. Um, but they have music Friday, Saturday, so they're going to have wow. you know. So that's sort of the the that's sort of fast forwarding through a lot. I, yeah. I got my, my main job at Amsterdam was to be just called in to help facilitate some of the jazz music there. So I started doing jazz music there on, on on Thursdays in October of 2020. Oh yeah, and that just was really supposed to be um, a a thing for the community just to have as sort of a special treatment in a way because no one, you know, no coffee lounge has really done that up in Paso for a long time. Yeah. Um, also, they weren't really planning on making any money. They really wanted to just break even, and uh, it just so happened that it all sort of people gravitated to it really well it was just a natural thing yeah it was it was very delightful and very exhilarating and it still is you know to just like have that that energy and that that vibe of the place because um it's just a really beautiful location it's fascinating
0: because it transforms from this really really well-established coffee house amsterdam coffee house to a just a full class piano bar lounge with world class jazz music. It's an eclectic music. It's pretty interesting to see how that's flourished. And then, the North County, and then people—literally tourists, but people from all over the county—have kind of
1: yeah. gathered. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and it's—I've always—I looked at it. I mean, we had our first meeting in September. Corey and I met for the first time, and I already knew exactly what needed to be done. Um, but it just—it just took, you know took about 6 months to to get it which was pretty impressive i mean so I, it's kudos to to him and and the and them and so so james g
0: when the grandkids say what did you do during the shelter in place i helped start a live music you know piano bar scene in yeah in North but it, County.
1: yeah and you know it's funny it that was sort of the tail end of it Um, because January of 2020, it felt a little bit more open for me. I I was, Mm. I was already working some gigs in the County, um, publicly already at that time. Um, and, uh, but before that too, I was also, um, helping developing podcasts. Uh, with Slow Talk. you know what? That, and, uh, that was crazy
0: that, because we had had we had signed a, a deal, recorded some podcasts with Wilshire Home Healthcare, and they needed actually they wanted some intra outro music. And rather than just give them canned music, I remember calling on you and Daniel Chimo. Was it you and Daniel?
1: That's yeah. right. Yeah, 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 me, yeah, me and Daniel Chimo. Uh, we recorded at um, ooh. It's the name of that
0: place in Los Osos, right? Yeah.
1: I, it'll come back. It'll man. come back. It'll come back. It'll come back. But yeah. you
0: guys went in actually to an isolated studio location. And this is right in the middle of most live music being shut down. We needed some music, you know, for a podcast. And I thought, let's, let's bring some local players in. And you guys went into a local studio and actually laid down the tracks uh, for the From the Porch, Wisdom From the Porch podcast with Wilshire Home Healthcare
1: yeah yeah with yeah, uh, ron ukulson so we we ended up doing that and then also not only the music part i was also helping myself and daniel chimo actually were helping doing some of the recording as well just at wow. at sloco oh, uh, that's at right studio
0: that's right for the actual tracks. for the
1: actual tracks um right, for yeah. the actual episodes um and then soren uh richenberg was helping doing some of the editing and then bryce Lacey was there too um that was that was a good time because it helped me sort of develop like more into the audio world because i uh, was so focused in you know pre-covid to performing music i wasn't really concerned with the uh, audio aspect of actually engineering sound which is really important i think as a you know musician for those listening to i think it's have it's healthy to have a handle on that a handle especially nowadays i think that's uh, uh essential at this point.
0: So this this area of, you know, the whole audio, the studio, the engineering, the fine tuning, the shelter has given you all kinds of other opportunities that have actually benefited how you do your music.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. And and prior to that I was just, you know, I was basically live streaming for rent, you know, prior to getting unemployment. You know, thankfully I had I had, you know, enough savings in the in the bank where I was able to wait it out and you know, get unemployment almost four months later, but I know for a lot of my friends and a lot of other musician colleagues in, out there in the in the in the world, yeah, um, you know, that it was a tough time. You know, uh, COVID hit COVID hit the liberal arts sort of scene uh, extremely hard. So total I, shutdown, pretty much a total total shutdown. Yeah. um I I lost, I think I lost about six grand in a matter of twenty four hours. Just in phone calls, just in just in cancellations, Word. phone calls. Because wow. I had other plans. I had I had I had plans to actually move to LA too to meet up with uh, some colleagues and some some teachers and some friends. Also, um, Tom Brown, part of the Slow Vibes Trio as well. He was yeah. living down there at the time. Yeah. And um, it was just a good scene, you know, for me to because pre-COVID I was actually down there quite often, sort of like at least once or twice a month, just mm-hmm. kind of like trying to be you Know hey, I'm here, you know, connecting it's like, to that scene, yeah, yeah, yeah connecting to yeah. that scene because it, it was just you know, because I um I felt like you know my time here was coming to an end, Interesting. you know, and uh, but now I'm having to take a step back and sort of refocus and recalibrate, it's it's kind of been for the better, you know, because I'm no, you know, because if I had moved to LA, then then I'd be stuck there, which you know, I mean, you know, it, de- you know, it develops character and you have resilience and you do things. But, you know, this, this county and and generally the, the slow county, San Luis Obispo County, Santa Barbara County, it's been very good to me, you know, as far as just the amount of work and what's going on and um, just establishing myself here. You've had, you have know, I'm pretty grateful, man. You've played all over
0: the region. You've played up in the Bay Area, L.A. You've had a lot of, you know, Sunset Magazine, Celebration Weekend, Savor the Central Coast. I'm thinking about all these different gig opportunities. And yeah, there a
1: lot. I mean, I was then, even in a, on a movie, too, man. I was, too, I was man. thinking, so, you know, I was just thinking yeah, that, gonna, man. Yeah. Destination Wedding, which was... Which, uh, part, I mean, of,
0: part was filmed at the Apple Farm. Um, right yeah,
1: part well. of it was filmed at the Apple Farm. Uh, part of it was filmed... Um at uh, the slow airport. Yeah. And then part of it was also filmed at Dubost Winery, which is the scene that I'm that I'm in. I'm about 35 minutes into the movie. For yeah. about a minute. Uh right. about stand-up, three, stand-up about, base. about two seconds I'm You're in the movie. stand-up bass guy. I'm the stand-up bass guy in yeah. the, in the wedding band yeah. man. Yeah. So it's it's fun, you know. That's that's a And that was a whole, you know, that was a whole great experience too you know and and it's interesting because that that wasn't actually my first time doing movies you know even yeah. before that 2013 i was working on this w- weird sci-fi b movie called piranaconda i heard that I and heard uh i uh, helped uh, helped write some of the music for that and it's actually all that music's on there it's all actually wow. on that on that wow. movie it's not a great movie but I mean Double well, Destination Wedding is not a great movie either. I'll I'll just say yeah, that but yeah. but it, I mean some people loved it for its sort of dark humor and quirkiness but I, I thought it I had to sort of check out after my scene was over, you know, it wasn't yeah. quite And it did it did kind of <laughs> shine the light I
0: I was in the theater and when you're in Slow and you live here and you start seeing the apple farm, the airport, just that is pretty cool. And then you see the local trio, you know, that was pretty cool, James.
1: Yeah, that local trio is actually called uh, Black Market Trio mm -hmm. with uh, Scott Andrews, actually. He um, was formerly the jazz director of uh, the jazz festival here Mm -hmm. in San Luis Obispo County, Mm -hmm. um, which was actually a pretty big success in its time, but sadly, it's no longer a thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, we, I guess, um, you know, there's just, there's always good things happening, you know, if you, if you keep your, your mind, uh positive, I guess, you know. Absolutely, and it's exciting to see, you know, just talking about today and
0: San Luis Obispo and the arts, it's neat to see the arts connected, like the uh, visual arts and the performing arts and the culinary arts. And so uh, just recently, one of our local artists, in fact, we're looking to have him in to the studio, Drew Davis. Um, One of our local artists has a gallery and um, actually did an opportunity to have some music and you know, maybe a little flashback, uh, a live scene. And I'm excited about what's emerging as we come out of this shelter-in-place in San Luis Obispo. James, it's, um, it's good having you in the studio, man, hearing about what you're doing locally and beyond. And um, I know there's talk about maybe doing some recording with the Sunnyside Trio. And uh, maybe some recording, you know, some James Gallardo recordings. But you just—I uh, think you said you just did some recording with the Jim Barnett Trio as a, one of the members.
1: That's that's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're gonna be releasing an album hopefully um, within the next few months. Uh, we recorded seventeen tracks over a, a sort of a two-session period, about a four-hour uh, session each day, so about eight hours. Painted Sky of, Studios. Yeah, Painted Sky yeah. Studios with uh, with uh, Brad Stock. Um, he's the new guy. He um, replaced Steve Kreml, who who moved away. But Steve Steve owned Painted Sky Studios for I don't know, twenty five years, nice thirty creation, years.
0: Man, you did a green to white album up there, right?
1: Well, we actually did. So the original Painted Sky was actually in harmony. Yeah. Um, and that's where, um, and for our listeners, um, James is actually talking about another project that I was in called uh, Green to White. And sure. that was sort of an Americana group. We, um, we have two albums on Spotify you can check out. Uh, one of them's called just self titled Green to White, and the other one's called Technologically Sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, both great records. The first one, actually, we did record at Painted Sky Studios mm-hmm. in Harmony uh, with Steve. So it was nice to kind of reminisce, you know, coming back into the studio last week and, uh, being same, same location, uh, different location, gotcha. uh, same name, gotcha. different engineer. So just, you know, having the painted sky, uh, memories, you know, yeah. still like, you know, of that, of that period in my life was, is, is special. You know what I mean? And that whole project, I mean, I mean, for our listeners, I mean, listening as well, I mean, green to white, um, was sort of a 5 year chapter for me where i was sort of a main project focus um i had other projects i had other gigs i guess going on but i didn't i that was sort of my main focus at the time was was the screen to white band and uh it was comprised of eric hunter uh guitar and lead vocals and uh jason clark uh lead vocals and cajon and percussion and uh, it was it was a really excellent, just really cool, very clean Americana sort of fusion, uh, kind of pop, sort of R and B. It was a lot of fun, man. It was like it was, yeah. like it was it was it was I would say a very Cali roots band. Yeah. Because um, you know the guys were born and raised here, and uh, you know through that period we we ended up writing some really nice music together, just you know uh, organically speaking.
0: And you had some really fun shows, man. I remember the night you guys got to open, I think for the silent comedy at Slow Brew or, um, was that right? Did you guys open for them?
1: Um, I think we were asked to open and then it never, it never happened. Or maybe you opened for the Spaces Between. We opened for the Spaces Between, which was a local band at the time. Um, Noah Colton, I believe was in the band and, uh, Liam Smith and Andrew Rubin. Yeah, man. yeah, those those were all all fun times with Green to White. Actually, we had a really good time. And uh, Spaces Between was a, was also an excellent band. They um they had John Anderson sort of working with them too, um, which was which was an interesting uh, mix. But yeah, Green to White was sort of like I don't know a very interesting culmination of kind of acoustic uh, music, acoustic bluegrass, um, pop music. Mixed with like some R&B, reggae, ska, eclectic uh, kind, of, kind of, a of combination of styles, kind yeah. of pseudo. There was yeah. uh, hints of jazz stylings, but we were not jazz at all, um, and that's okay. And and I'm and I'm cool with that too, you know. So it was, it was kind of a, it was a. By the end of it, it was sort of a bittersweet thing. But I'm I'm grateful to be a, a part of it because it sort of kind of shaped my musical. Foundings, you know, mm-hmm. not, not just with, mm-hmm. you know, myself, but the rest of the community around me too. Mm-hmm. Cause after that project broke up, you know, I ended up just getting called regardless, uh, it, it for, provided, for gigs. Yeah. Just, it, it provided yeah. a lot of exposure. I mean, it, it, was a, it was, it yeah, was, yeah. yeah, it was a big stepping stone, you know, in a lot of ways. And, um, yeah, those, those guys actually helped me, um, find a place to live too, which was good. Cause at the time, um, I was sort of in between housing, so it was it was kind of a an interesting juxtapose. you know. So they sort of helped me find housing. We kind of kinda of helped them find themselves. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Because well, I mean, for our listeners, I mean we're not yeah. no longer together anymore. Yeah. Um, we're not we're not a band, but yeah. Um that's kind of what happened, I would say. By wow. the end of it, like we sort of helped each other sort of figure out what we wanted to do in life.
0: So so that project, the Green to White experience, was of a pivotal thing for you as, as a musician, performing and having a band that you identified with, not just your thing, but a band, other members.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, just yeah, a man. collective identity that's sort of bigger than ourselves, you wow. know, and that's, that's kind of what a band is, um, you know, because, you know, you can do stuff by yourself. I mean, you can be a John Mayer and stuff, you know, that's cool. Um, but not everyone's John Mayer. You know, and, yeah. and a lot of people um it, it's it's sort of like picking up a piece of art or reading a book. You know, there's a lot of different authors that come into books. It's not always just one person yeah writing the book. Um for painters it's it's slightly different. You know, sometimes it's just one paint, it's one painter, you know, obviously. Um but sometimes there's multiple painters, but also that one painter is just so highly skilled and so like Detailed oriented what that like it's very niche at what they're doing where they've carved sort of a, a very you know what it's it's kind of like when i hear like joshua redmond mm-hmm. versus michael brecker okay like they have very distinctive like horn styles yeah and i can tell them apart you know in, by, like, their by their styles by their they're both excellent yes. you know what i mean but distinctly different yeah distinctly different yeah, yeah. and they're able to actually form their own bands yeah. you know, and have a different sound. And a different flavor, a different vibe. Yeah, yeah and, and it's bigger, and, it's, and sometimes it's bigger than themselves, you know, because they'll add on other jazz artists, just like, you know, um, you know, even bands like Aerosmith and, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: you know. The Yellow Jackets, uh, go back to the Yellow Jackets, the combination
0: yeah, it's of just, Jaco Pistorius and uh, and other members that form that group. It's just it's bigger than one person.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah it was just it's just kind of like putting putting sort of a name out first um i mean michael brecker was in steps ahead which mm. is you know it wasn't michael brecker it was just steps ahead mm. you know which was great you know so and he, and he did you know other stuff that was more more leader based yeah based roles i mean his yeah. last record you know he did i think it's um the one he, he did he did it before he died actually um I can't remember the title of the record, but it had like Herbie Hancock and like Pat Metheny and wow. Jack DeJohnette. Wow. I can't remember who played bass on that record. I think it was like John Patitucci or like somebody else. But all those guys, mm-hmm. like every single one of them, yeah. like you know, th- that could be their album. Like Herbie Hancock could have that as an. It could be Herbie Hancock or Victor Magalhaes. All so the, yeah, I so level players. yeah, so it's yeah. yeah exactly. So it's just sort of how you want to perceive like your art. I yeah. guess, or how you want other people to perceive your art. It's cool to be it now that like I'm coming coming more into my element. I would say it's nice to be like a, a an independent jazz artist too, mm-hmm. not just with not just be also in a project, mm-hmm. but be able to be you know highly versed and highly. Eclectic. Articulate,
0: but also articulate with your own voice. You know, I think I know where you're going with this. I remember during the shelter in place, I always want to call it shelter from the storm. That's funny. Uh, In the shelter in place, the lockdown, whatever you want to call that thing that we just went through, you did some streaming and you actually did some covers, a couple of Beatles songs, some Neil Young stuff. So you were willing to carve out some territory that maybe you wouldn't have done if you were playing with a band
1: i think you're right absolutely you know the the, um you know i again i i was grateful to have gone into covid you know having money in the bank you know a lot obviously you know for our listeners you know that wasn't always the case you know for for a lot of musicians so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i had sort of a a good standing where i was okay i'm just gonna i'm just gonna play my ass off you know because that's that's all i know really know how to do right now that's all i you know, that's all for for me. I was like, okay, well, my my life turns upside down, but I'm going to continue to put it thrive, like in my own space. You yeah, know, put it I mean? out there. Yeah, cause yeah. I yeah, cause I had you know, cause I had my I, you know, I had my room. I have you know my the instruments and stuff. Thankfully, so I was able to you know just kind of pour myself into my work and my art at that time for about a month and a half. You know, and then I had to sort of switch gears due to some some unforeseen circumstances but we 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 have to adapt as as people you know Mm -hmm. and as wow as musicians too you know what i mean so that's that's sort you know miles davis i don't think he would have had the career that he would have had if he didn't adapt you know he had so many periods in his life going through different musics and working with different cats sort of his own kind of lone warrior in a way like he was like all right you're either on the bus or you're not you know um which and, is a fascinating
0: case in point because look at the art that came out of that you know people call him a maverick and yet look at the trendsetter look at the the landmark records that he made uh look at the trail that people are still trying to get their head in heart about. yeah
1: yeah i mean i mean he definitely was not a nice guy by any means like he was not a, a very well-mannered gentleman in any rate but but he made, some, he made some beautiful art that still stands the test of time. And um, He was so good, the Rolling
0: Stones hired uh, Daryl Jones to be their bass player, man. <laughs> that's right, man. <laughs> yeah, Miles Davis' is bass player.
1: That's right, man. Yeah, Daryl Jones is like, he only played a couple of the live, some that, of the live true. records. That's true. He had, but, uh, he, by, yeah. but he yeah. got replaced by Marcus Gilmore, so I don't know if they lost too much there, man. Yeah, there you, go. <laughs> you can mention bass players,
0: James knows the but, progression. Yeah, man. So, um, James, you know, one of the things people see and hear in a musician's life, obviously, is the recordings and the music. And, you know, people can go online here in this podcast and, you know, look at James Gallardo music and look at some of the things you've done. Actually, Internet Movie Database, IMDB. But with all that aside, digging in a little bit deeper, um, you know, we talked a little bit. Uh, before we started recording the podcast, about people in your life that may have been, you know, instrumental or beneficial to to bring you to this place, for our listeners, are there people that come to your mind today that you may want to give like an acknowledgement or a shout out to or a mention?
1: Yeah, man, sure. I, I mean, I'm gonna maybe just list. I mean, I guess mentors, mm. meaning mm. just. Significant people that have sort of impacted my life, yeah. Not really musically speaking, hmm. too. Beyond you know, sort of beyond that, yeah. Made you made you the person, the individual that you are to,
0: today. Beyond you know, including yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I have to I have to give a shout out to you know my mom and first and foremost. She ended up uh, raising three kids, you know, myself included, three boys by herself essentially. So she did a great job. Yeah, I. I you know, I think that's just first and foremost. Uh, you know, thanks mom. Love you. Actually, well, eh, this is kind of, that's kind of both music, music and, and sort of personal too. I would say my brother Daniel too, hmm. in a, in a, in a good way because he's gone through some pretty significant stuff in his life too. But, um, he actually was the first person that, that en- encouraged me to actually pick up the bass. Wow. So I've, I have to give, you know, a little credit where credits due. I didn't wow. really want to copy him because he was already playing guitar. Yeah, for about a year before I picked that up. And then at that time, um, I actually met my one of my first formal instructors. Uh, his name's Jim Master Guitar Murphy, and uh, he's this old cat that lives in Morro Bay right now. I was uh, fortunate to have lessons with him for almost three years, and he sort of taught me a lot of just a lot of basic stuff about being like a good person. Mm. You know and uh he was just always very very kind to me you know hmm. during during lessons and stuff which i don't know a lot of, there's you know when you're in like a musical setting you know going through academia or you know it sometimes it just becomes all about the music hmm. and you sort of forget about the human qualities yeah. of what's going on yeah yeah so it's so it's important to actually feel good when you're when you're playing you know sometimes you know you have to actually play through your emotions like you have a bad day or if you significantly you know, as a traumatic event or something and yeah. people write albums based off that and wow. and that's really cool. You know, that's that's sort of like you know, even Beethoven did that too. So it's it's all it's it's, it's in a lot of examples of music, but Yeah. Um you know, having a, a way to express yourself is really important and uh, however you do that, you know, um whether it's music or journal writing or Running or jogging or But, doing but for you a awesome. major
0: part is music.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean I love baseball too. Actually, so I I grew up playing baseball as a young kid um, in New York too. When I was when I was born there, um, when I was while well, I was living there, I was born in New York, but I yeah. when I was living there until till I was about nine, I was in the little league there and uh, playing baseball, and you know my grandpa would, would drive me to the baseball games and you know buy us you know, buy those nasty hot dogs and, and, and those slushy drinks, you know, I didn't know any better, I man. I was like five, but, <laughs> but it's a great memory. But right? yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, my, yeah, my grandpa too, you know, and also, you know, um, also my baseball coach here mm. and which, is, which is funny because we talked about the Giants early, early yeah. on in, yeah. in, in the, in the interview here, but, yeah. um, I actually was on the, on the Giants in little league here in, uh, in, in Los Osos County. Trader. Um, <laughs> Which is funny, but, uh well, I mean, they didn't have a Yankees team. Otherwise, they'd <laughs> be on a Yankees team. So, yeah, man. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh So the coach, the coach. Yeah, the coach. The yeah, coach Matt. Was. Yeah,
1: his his name was Matty. Super nice guy. Yeah. Um, taught me, like, sort of, like, kind of, like, a little bit of discipline. Hmm. And ha- being prepared for the moment. Yeah. Having preparation, you know, like, as musicians, we, we go into the practice shed and we... You know, practice for you know various amount of hours. It could be, you know, if you're Charlie Parker, you're 15 hours a day, or you know, or if you're James Garlow, sometimes you're you're four or five. You know, depending Putting on that the, time in, yeah, yeah. Or you know, or sometimes there's not a day to practice, and you just mm. have to you have to make do. Mm. Um, but then, you know, just uh, having that space to uh, put that discipline and just having. You know, moment to reflect it's like kind of being the bait best or excuse me the uh batter's box yeah here, and you're doing batting practice yeah you know i think derek cheater was saying something about if he missed like batting practice he felt like he was off you know like his game when he stepped into the game yeah when he stepped in the game wow. so it's like you have to do like some you have, to, you, have you know you have to you know get you your have chops to, together, yeah, you have to jo- yeah exactly yeah yeah you have you know right. and so that's and that's what's led me to you know sort of to this point too you know and i i also had a i had a couple of like father figures too but i had this gentleman named rob garcia who uh he owns a wealth management company actually in atascadero but um, he worked with um big brothers and big sisters at the time which is a nonprofit organization that sort of helps yeah uh encourage young young kids who don't have like you know, a dad or a mom in their life. Excellent organization. It's man. really beautiful. Yes. Yeah. I yeah, highly encouraged. They actually partnered with um Slow Blues uh, baseball too. They do. So they they there's a couple organizations that have done that that've come together and sort of banded together here in Slow County. And I know but,
0: Dining for Charities actually supported Big Brothers and Big Sisters as one of the monthly beneficiaries. Oh great. Yeah man.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's and that's exciting. And so I think, you know, having you know, I mean, I can I can list my musical mentors all, all day long, but yeah. I'd you know having some real people that I actually had communication with, you know, versus somebody on a on a record where I'm trying to pick up their sound. It's a little different, you know, than yeah. having that same person in the room and that personal
0: impact, being able to 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 draw to glean some things from their life. Yeah, that that's yeah. that's important.
1: Right? Yeah, so I'd I'd say you know yeah. just and and again like I I loved. I love baseball a lot, but, but music sort of took the, the mm. precipice, mm. you know, as, a, as I was kind of growing into my own, because yeah. I just realized like baseball is kind of dangerous.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you, you know, you, you can, you can really hurt yourself, uh, you know, music, you just have to kind of worry about like driving to the gig or flying to the gig. and then making sure you don't fall off the stage and then you're good (laughs) unless you're in some
0: of those intense gigs where they're throwing things at the stage and then you got a duck like it's a baseball but other than that yeah i I mean
1: i thankfully i haven't had anything like that so far i mean i did have somebody like freak out at me one time at a gig um actually it was a green to white gig believe it or not yeah we probably shouldn't mention this but let's just say like at a at a restaurant in Morro Bay off the Abarcadero, I will leave that as it is right there, but uh, one of the cooks got very upset with us that we uh, were in the sidewalk, in a public sidewalk, and we were blocking um, the gate to close, and we were clearly not blocking the gate. Huh. And he came at us with a hammer, I believe. Wow. Uh, I think it was a hammer. Wow. Yeah, he had he had some kind of device in his hand. Wow. And... Uh, yeah, Eric almost uh almost beat this guy up, man. Wow, we that's almost crazy. We actually almost beat this guy up. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. That's crazy. Um, but I've never had any like other than that, um I've never had a gun pulled on me or anything like that. Um so guys, for
0: the record, if there's any doubt, Green to White was a rock band. He can call it Americana <laughs> He can sugarcoat it, but they
1: hear the hammer story. They yeah, man, we're legitimately we wanted, we, as a rock wanted band. we wanted yes. specifically green M and M's and white M and M's, a mixture.
0: You know what? That's a, that's a fun note to kind of close on, James. Man, I, I appreciate you stopping by. You know, the Slow Talk Studios today to be our guest, and you know, just hearing your stories helps kind of shine the light on what's happening here in culture, commerce, community, which is what we do. And Thank you, man, for filling in, you know, who you are and and what you contribute to our community, man. We appreciate you.
1: Yeah, thanks, James. Yeah, likewise, man. It's been been such a a privilege and an honor to be part of um, Slow Talk, too, for the last uh, year or so, year and a half. And also just being a part of this community and being an artist for over 10 years. And, yeah, I I can't say enough good things about this area, actually, and and the people. So, yeah. Hopefully I get to uh, do a part two, you know, of this interview. That'd be fun. You know what? It would. It'd be great to have you back and, you know, get some updates
0: to kind of see where the recordings and the projects, you know, what's been happening, man. And maybe some new stuff, too.
1: Thank you, James. Have a good one, man. Yeah, you too, man.